and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. How you doing, Kat? Uh, it's great. Everything's great. I'm fine. <laughs> I really don't want to it's like I don't want to come on here and be a bummer again do you know what I mean it's every week there's something but there is really something this week and my kid's been sent home for two weeks because there's a confirmed case of COVID in her school in her year group that's a bummer it's um listen I'm gonna be honest last night when I got the information um it was traumatic and I immediately called my neighbor and said I need you to watch the kids for 10 minutes because I'm going to buy wine and chocolate because I just, you know, when you just need to yeah, enjoy self-soothe. something, you just <laughs> yeah. need to enjoy, find something in this life to enjoy. That was what I wanted to enjoy. Anyway, listen, this morning I'm feeling much uh, more philosophical about it. It's fine. I'm going to embrace my time with her. We're going to have great fun. We're going to skip through fucking meadows. It's going to be joyful. Excellent. Well, I'm not going to be a downer about kids going to school as I was a couple of weeks ago because both of mine have been in this week and it's been fucking incredible. I've blown my brains out about how productive I can be when I'm by myself. So I'm going to be a little smug on that front and retract my statement that everybody's just going to get sick when they go back to school. Because actually, both of my kids have been in all week. Nobody's been sick this week. So listen, I am I am a big enough woman to be truly, truly happy for you. And I'm not even being sarcastic. <laughs> I am truly happy for you. I cannot wait to be able to say the same thing. And on the day that I can, I'm going to turn up with fucking champagne and um, some sort of fun thing to eat but for now I'm just surviving and that's fine we'll just survive 100 percent. I'll be thriving soon yeah I mean that's what this whole year has been about right peaks and troughs well just troughs really but I see your point but why don't we have a quick chat because we've only got two shows today and I didn't mention this in pre-production but I we could have a quick chat about the fact that the Kardashians have called it quits on um keeping up with the Kardashians I know we've got two seasons left of the Kardashians before they stop. So we'll have the one that's starting next week. So we'll be adding them into the rotation and then they're going to do one other in 2021. And then that will be the end. They're going to end on the 20th. I did not realize that we had two seasons. I knew we had one. I thought they were calling it quits after this one coming. No, so did I. But um, one of our uh, listeners slash followers, Amanda corrected me and set me straight. So I was like, oh, well, that's okay. Like, we've got two more seasons of them and then we'll be good to go. We've got time to grieve it. I saw some scathing, scathing articles by two journalists here in the UK, um, which won't surprise anybody. One was by Piers Morgan. I mean, he's known to be probably one of the biggest cocks that walks the planet. Um, And the other was by Sarah Vine. Again, she's married to Michael Gove. So that would give you some indication of... um, the level of her uh, open-mindedness. But both of them were really, it really irritates me because like the Kardashians or not, they are not vacuous human beings. Like they are smart. They've got drive and ambition. And sure, you know, 
we can they we can criticize them for a lot of things but i don't think calling them vacuous and calling them setting feminine and accusing them of setting feminism back 50 years is valid so here's a question how is like five millionaire women who own their own business setting feminism back aren't they doing what they want to do isn't that the basis of feminism that we all can just do what the fuck we want without judgment without without middle-aged white men telling us that we're setting feminism back. I think you yeah. make a valid point, Reagan. It's so ridiculous to me. I mean, like I have always had the utmost respect for Kris Jenner and like the way that all of all of her children, even Rob, all have their own businesses, all work for themselves. They make money. They make money as a family. They make money separately, but they're all doing their own shit and none of them live with her. How the many parents is, can say that? Women aren't allowed, in certain people's minds, women aren't allowed to be successful because they don't deserve it. And this is a typical white 50-something privileged male man who was privately educated all the way through, um, has never taken a minute to recognize his lack of individuality or autonomy in the things that he's saying and is basically just spouting this kind of age-old patriarchal message of women can't be successful because it makes men feel small and I just I have nothing to say about that kind of bullshit and also here's the thing Piers Morgan I'm gonna bet both my ovaries that you've never watched any Kardashians no I'm sure I'm sure he absolutely has no idea what he's talking about uh anyway what we'll do i'll send it to we'll get it linked i'll get both those articles linked on the um facebook page and you can have a look there yeah no that seems super interesting interesting there's another rumor going around that chris jenner may be the next to hold a diamond on the real housewives of beverly hills well i heard this and i don't know how i feel about it reagan what do you reckon I reckon Bravo probably doesn't have enough money to pay her <laughs> to be well, on Well, that's a good point. <laughs> but, I mean, if she was, I'd watch it for sure. Like, I think she'd be putting a lot of people in their places. But I also, I don't see her in the house housewives role. Like, I just think she's too busy doing other stuff. Yeah, me too. And I do feel like there's been some discussion about whether the Kardashians jumped or they were pushed. Um I believe they probably jumped. I feel like the the plot lines from pre, the most recent episodes have shown that throughout the family, there is some just, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, they're just tired of it, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that they've made a decision to to jump and to kind of go while it's while they're at a peak of some description. So it would seem strange then that Chris Kardashian would jump straight back into another franchise that she has zero control over. And I think that's the thing. I don't think Chris Jenner will enter any kind of franchise where she doesn't have the the kind of executive producer control that she does with the Kardashians. No, I would totally agree on that. Plus, she's been friends with a lot of the Real Housewives for ages. If she had ever wanted to go on the show, I think it would have happened a long time ago. But I think yeah. you're right about like creative control. And maybe that's why she never was on the Housewives to begin with, because she did her own thing. And she's yeah. got say over it. Yeah, and also I think this rumor's only sprung up from her recent kind of cameo perform- like appearances. Like, oh, yeah. well, she's there and this is going to happen. I don't think it is. I think her and Kyle have been friends for for ages and she just yeah. happened to be there. So um, I'm going to put it out there. I'm saying she's not joining Beverly Hills. Yeah, I, I think it's going to prove false. But um, if she was to go on, I, I would still watch it and still enjoy it. I can't, think of, I can't think of anybody that went on that would make me stop watching it. No, not even Denise Richards. 
Not even Denise Richards. Which, which is weird, because if you look into social media about this whole Denise Richards brandy thing, most everyday people are 100% behind Denise, which fucking shocks me to the core. I mean, I know this is not like the reunion or anything that we're talking about now, but I find that weird. I do too. I, I do too. And I, I I mean, there's certain elements of it that I am on, Brandy, uh, on Denise Richards' side for, because whether she had an affair or she didn't, whether it was with a man or a woman, I think that shit playing out on reality TV is hard, no matter yeah. what you've signed up for, because you signing up for something is one thing, but having to live through something which will inevitably affect your kids is something that any mother is going to be protective of regardless of a contract they've signed. So that element of it, I can sympathize with her. Um, on the other hand, I she's think a liar, she's liar, lying. liar, pants on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's a cheetah, cheetah pumpkin eater. That's what she yeah. is. And, and I feel like that could just be owned and done and it's not that she cheated that is the the drama on that show it's that she is lying about everything so obviously that the mind boggles yeah she's a very poor liar for an actress for an actress better me too um (laughs) mind you i mean let's be honest she's never been a great I mean, she's not like yeah. winning Oscars, is she? No. Let's be honest. She's no Helen Mirren. She's no Helen Mirren. She's no, Judy she's no Judy Dench. No, she's none of that. <laughs> she's no Kate Blanchett. No, not even Akira Knightley. <laughs> no. And that's not saying much. No. Oh, I, do you know what? I'm sort of getting over my Kira Knightley hatred. Yeah. I'm sure she's a lovely girl. I saw her in Shoreditch one time. Well, I saw it. I was at a taping of Graham Norton's New Year's Eve party. Um, last year and she was a guest on it and actually she she was really nice the only reason I'll tell you the reason I hate her and this is why I'm such a dick but in Love Actually there's that line <clears throat> where she's watching the video of the guy who loves her the, and it's all of her and she just looks at it and she goes mm, I'm quite pretty really aren't I I'm like <laughs> oh god <laughs> fuck so- off so it's actually more hatred for the writers of Love Actually that gave her the line to say than I her. feel like as an actress, you should be able to turn around and say, I'm not saying this line. It is awful. And everybody <laughs> is just going to die of shame and embarrassment when I say it. So can we not? And I will always hold Facts. her responsible for not taking a stand against that line. And I don't <laughs> care what anybody says. Having said that, she was great on Graham Norton and um, Denise Richards doesn't even hold a candle to her. So there we go. That's, uh, that's that chat sorted out. Yeah. Um, really quickly, guys, if you have... Um forgotten or we haven't said it enough could you please take a moment and go over to itunes rate us review us it always helps push us up on the charts and it also helps for other people to find who we are so like that's how the recommendations work on podcasts so podcasts who have a lot of reviews and a lot of ratings get shown to people as podcasts they may like and that's where we would like to be so if you guys could please hop over there it doesn't even take five minutes we got a new one i'm just pulling it up now oh i'm so excited um, i love it when we get a new one yeah, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, yeah, it's from Max Denver. Uh, said that we are fun and we provide smart chat about reality TV. You know, that's all it needs to know. They also said that we're representative of those of us over 30 who like to escape to reality. Thank you and keep it up. So Max Denver, thank you. I've got, I just had, a, I got a bit teary. I know, it's lovely, isn't it? So we want to hear what you think. So hop over there, 
write us something, help us get discovered. Do it, We'd appreciate please. it. We would. Um, anyway, listen, we've only got two shows this week. We're in the kind of weird crossover phase. Yeah. Uh, but they're two good ones. In fact, they're two of my favorite ones. So very I'm all right watching. with it. It's very, very good, good watching. watching this week. And frankly, it was a great week to only have two shows to watch because shit's going down. Silver uh, linings. And that's the silver lining. But let's start <laughs> off with The Real Housewives of Potomac because um, we're still in the lake house, which is starting to feel a little bit like um, some sort of murder mystery kind of hostage yeah. situation. But um, we do kick off right in the middle of this tete-a-tete between Wendy and Ashley. Yeah, I'm almost lost for words on this dinner. It's like one of the most uncomfortable dinners I've ever had to watch. However, I love that everybody's kind of laughing through it. Like it's so ridiculous. It's making people laugh. Yeah. And I think there is that real sort of, there is an awkwardness for sure. And I do see real malice in what Wendy does. And it's very rare that you see kind of real malice, but she has, something has flipped in her brain and she is pissed and it's all coming out at Ashley and I think I was watching it going geez Wendy you're not going to recover from this you're like doubling down on the lack of apology right but actually the next day it becomes really kind of clear in this conversation that she has with Ashley all the feelings that she was feeling at the time Absolutely. And I mean, even before that, like when she's walking with Giselle and she really puts words to the fact she's like, I was really triggered. Like I've had a very traumatic kind of birth with my youngest. She was born really early, like all this stuff. Then it kind of, I think identifying that with Giselle allows her to like have a real conversation with Ashley without kind of, you know, the making fun of her torn butthole stuff that was happening at dinner. That wasn't nice. It's not nice. That's something you never make fun of somebody else for. I mean, could you imagine the pain? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can imagine it. I don't want to, but I, oh. I can. And I mean, it's just not nice. But I think what I really loved about the conversation between Wendy and Ashley that took place the next day while they're slicing up worms <clears throat> was, yeah. I know, was that Ashley is such, is one of those souls or has become one of those souls where she leads with love, right? And that's what I see her do with Wendy. She, even though she should be on the defensive because Wendy has literally just ripped her another, another (laughs) asshole. um, She, she doesn't. She goes in with vulnerability and in with love. And that really knocks kind of Wendy off her guard a little bit. Totally. Well, and she goes in with jokes too. Like, because Wendy wouldn't really say the words, I'm sorry. And like Ashley jokingly like rips her about it. Like, do you need me to say it first? And I like that about her. I think that's a very genuine conversation. I think that's how real life people work things out. You know, like Ashley should not take all the fall for it. Like, and she wasn't going to, which I respected. Like she stood her ground. She didn't take all the shit for it, but did apologize for her reaction. And I thought that was the right thing to do. She's a perfect example of someone who, as I said, leads with love. Like she's pissed and she's got a point and she's not wrong, but she doesn't have to come at it with anger and rage. And it's a shining example for, ev- for everybody. Even me, I'm like, that was impressive. Like I, even me as yeah. if I'm like the leading light and kind of leading with love. <laughs> Just fucking rarely happens. Yeah. But she really 
provided space for Wendy to kind of process that almost. And I think that's a real gift considering how Wendy kicked the shit out of her the night before. Absolutely. And I think it I think it took Wendy off guard. And I think that's what she needed to be vulnerable. Like she needed to be knocked so she could just be her true self. And when she was her true self, she's lovely. Yeah. And we've all been there. We've all been triggered. Yeah. We've all been uh new mums. Well, not all of us, but you and I have have been yeah. new mums and we've had traumatic births and we know we know what that can do to you. And Ashley does too. And I think that's where she was determined to find the connection. And she she sort of did what I couldn't do, which is look at Wendy and go, this is not, this is coming at me, but it's not about me. And, yeah. um, I, and I'm just genuinely in love with Ashley at the moment. I think she's ace. This season, Ashley has blown me away and I love it. And I'm feeling really protective of her at the moment. Yeah, me too. And especially over the next few episodes, I think we will too. Um, yeah. Reagan, you just informed me that there had been some breaking news on social media from Ashley Darby. Yeah, so in real life, Ashley is pregnant again with Michael's baby number two. When Reagan first told me that in the pre-production meeting, I swear to God, a cold chill ran down my spine. And that is not the feeling you want to have when somebody announces a pregnancy. No. Just makes me sad. It's just really sad that a man like that can have and waste a woman like her. Totally. And a woman that she's growing to be as well. Because we've seen a lot of changes, hope, uh, uh, you know, with her from season to season. And I think being a mom and struggling has really given her a different perspective on life. I, and I, I 100% agree. And I think it's really sad because he's much older than her. And I think he's taking he's advantage such he's such a dick but he's taking advantage of this woman who yes is strong and leads with love and is vulnerable and all of that but she's also vulnerable in the truest sense of the word and i think he's taking advantage of her in that sort of relationship with her dad and all of that and it's just so painful to watch because i just think that woman deserves a king and he is a snake he's a hundred percent a snake um should we should we talk about well should we should we uh yeah let's talk about that and then we'll just go back to the other stuff yeah because in this episode we see the text from candace's friend about what michael's been doing the whole time ashley has been at this lake house struggling not getting in touch with him he's been out partying it up with strippers talking about boyfriends and wives and inviting people back to a hotel you say struggling but do you remember the bit where ashley says actually this is the first time we've been away. Actually, it's it's easier. And I'm like, yeah. babe, of course it's easier because you now have only one baby to look after and not Absolutely. two. Yeah. No, you're 100% correct. On that note, can we have a moment for Ashley's friend Eve, who is not mm-hmm. the nanny, but has stepped in to help her with this baby so she can go away for the weekend? I know. What a queen. Girl tribes, 100%. I- she doesn't need Michael. She's got great friends. She'll be fine. Well, women like Ashley do have great friends because they are kind heart. Like they've got good hearts. Yeah. Um, but I agree. She deserves a mention for sure. But um, yeah, this text thing with with Candice. I mean, I feel for I feel for her too, right? 
oh, my heart broke that it had to go to Candace. Like it had to be Candace's friend that sees all this because they've just gotten to the point where they're friendly and they're interacting in very positive ways, Candace and Ashley. And now she's got this fucking bomb in her hand. It's like a grenade (laughs) with the pin pulled out, right? Yeah. And it's really hard because of course that information has to go to Ashley, but of course you have to verify it as much as you can. And and yet, Candice just doesn't want to be the person to bring this up because it, it's going to look messy. Her, her track history is going to make it look messy. But I genuinely feel, while there is a little bit of her that's enjoying the salaciousness of the whole event. Totally. I do think. I mean, who wouldn't? Right? I think the majority of her is actually just doesn't want to do anything to rock her friendship with Ashley and doesn't really want to do anything to hurt Ashley like that. No, no, I 100% with that. Like, this whole situation makes my butthole clench. Oh, it's so not. It's it's so awkward. I don't really want to watch it. I obviously will. But I just, like, my heart breaks for both of them. Like, I I don't want Ashley to have to receive more shitty news about her stupid baby daddy or her husband. Sorry. Um, And I don't want Candace to have to be the one to tell her, like, because of their history, because of Candace's history with Michael and, like, their big blow up at, like, the reunion last year. And it's just, it sucks. I just, how many times does does somebody have to be at the center of cheating rumors and scandal rumors before this shit, before somebody goes, I can't trust you anymore? Enough. A hundred percent. And I mean, I think this is what we were talking about this in our meeting beforehand. Like how much more can everybody else be wrong except him? Yeah. I know. Like it's crazy. And I mean, obviously we'll see what he has to say next week. I'm sure it's some bullshit, but I don't know, dude. I don't know either. And it's exhausting. And and we see, I feel like next week we see this kind of indication that he's going to admit something but right i don't know we'll have to watch like something see. tiny to yeah, not some- tell the truth about everything else yeah exactly something just to deflect um yeah but we'll see who knows all i can do is hope that ashley knows what she's doing i mean yeah who knows what i do what I do love about this lake house trip is that we do get to see these glimmers of like girls just getting together and having fun. Number one, because they're bored as fuck at this lake house, right? Like it's the <laughs> middle of nowhere. They have not shit to do. Everybody's getting bored. So they kind of come up with like fun ways to like bond. And when they're in that mode, they are lovely to each other. Yeah. And they're also, they can laugh at themselves and they can take a joke in the way that it's intended, apart from Karen right. Hugo. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, But I think Giselle deserves a special mention for this too. I feel like she's really trying to bring this group together. She's, you know, she wants to go home. She's done. Yeah. But she's being a grown up and she's being polite and she's making the best of it. And I fucking love people who make the best of shit. Dude, if you are a good sport, you can hang out with me any day of the week. Like you're always going to be in situations where you're bored or you're irritated or whatever. But if you can be like a good sport about it and just suck it up and try to have fun anyways, like I'm on board with that. Me too. And there's always tequila. Do you know what I mean? In any situation, there's always tequila. That always helps. Um, And then finally, just before we move on, I'd love to talk a little bit about Candice and her chat about motherhood when they're sitting around the pool. Because I thought it was really interesting that... um, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. We all did it. Like before we had kids, we all sat there and went, this is the kind of mom that I'm going to be. We were all the best parents in the world before we had babies. Yeah, which is why my blog is called Not So Smug Now. Like I was smug as fuck. The kids were going to have wooden (laughs) toys. They were going to eat organic food. We were going to do baby led weaning. Like fucking hell, they're lucky if I throw them a frozen fish finger to suck on for dinner these days. So like- I'm not blaming Candice for feeling these feelings. Right. But I just think it's interesting that she she looks at like Robin and Giselle and and Wendy, but I, that felt a bit like a sort of charitable, oh, yeah. you're here, so I'll just say you right. do. Um, and says, I think I'm going to be your kind of, like a mother like you, where it's not all about the kids. Yeah, and I just wanted to shake her and be like, sweetie, that's how it is when they're all like seven and up or five and up. Like once school starts, you can be that person where it's not all about your kids. But when they're three-month-old infants or a month old, like however old Dean is, it is all about them because you're like the sole person that can keep them alive. (laughs) And that's what people need to tell you. People don't need to tell you. Things will never change. You can just carry on, go out for dinner and lunch. People need to go, do you know what? Shit's going to change. And for six months... There's very fucking little else that you're going to be able to do. Yeah. Then it'll start to get a bit easier and you might be able to grab a night out by yourself and things like that. But in terms of being super chill, where most of your decisions become passive and you can just know that your kids are in school so that you can do Pilates every three days or whatever it is. Yeah. That just fucking comes with time. Yeah. And of course, Karen's that way. Her kids are in college. They need nothing from her anymore. Apart from money, presumably. Yeah. But, but even Robin, like her kids are at school and shit just takes care of itself. Obviously yeah. not now during COVID. Right, right. Clearly. But generally, once you get into the system, essentially so much stuff is just taken care of that you don't have to consider their every move every single day of the week. But until right. that point, you do. And you try your best to forge out time for yourself and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But you can't just go into motherhood going, it's just not going to be all about the kids for me. No. <laughs> no, you just can't. Or it's going to be a really hard first year for you because you're going to be trying to strive to these unrealistic expectations. It's just not going to fucking happen. And you just got to let it go. I feel, at least with my kids, the magic age is kind of five for me when it got remarkably easier. And my youngest is almost there. Like we're just a few months away from him being five. And I feel at that point, they can really get on, like they can make themselves basic breakfast and dress themselves and brush their own teeth and all that kind of stuff makes your life night and day from like pre-five. How do you feel? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, my girls, I'd say six has been yeah. the real turning point for Billy. Um But that being said, it's definitely a lot easier after five. Like, to be fair, once they're in school, because you are no longer completely responsible for their entire development, it's cool to see them get, they naturally just gain some independence. So they step away from you a little bit at home as well, which is great. Also, it has its, you know, it's not always great, but essentially it's lovely (laughs) to see them start to blossom into their own people. But Until then, they're entirely dependent on you. And you can escape momentarily, but essentially they're always fucking there. 
Absolutely. Like I remember very vividly realizing my oldest was kind of a grown up when he started making his own friends, like outside of our friends, kids and things like that. Like he went to school and came home and was like, so-and-so is one of my friends. I was like, I don't even know so-and-so like that's crazy. And it's kind of that point where it's like, oh gosh, they're like active living people in a world that I'm not a part of. And that like, it made things a little easier. I remember it, for me, it was when Billy would like the radio would go and she'd sing lyrics to she'd sing along to songs that we never played at home. And I was yeah. like, how do you know that song? She's like, oh, I listened to it at Alana's house or, you know, they played it in dance class at school or something. I'm like, yeah, well, how do you know the lyric? Like, that's crazy <laughs> to me. Well, to be fair, Billy has like a gift for lyrics. She does have a wicked smart memory when it comes to songs yeah. and lyrics. Um, but, but anyways, yeah. Anyway, Candace, I you know, I think she's yeah. she's as ready as you're ever gonna fucking be when 100%. it comes to being a mom. I is what I would say. Uh now listen, we've got one more show, but in the meantime, uh forgive us for this little break and we'll see you on the other side. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. So let's get back to it. Um, moving on to Below Deck Med. And Reagan, what did you think of this episode? I love this show. I do too. It's so crazy. I love it. I like getting surprised by occasionally seeing Pete because I've kind of forgot he's still on the boat. <laughs> and so he's like this weird, he's like this weird ghost like, oh. that just pops up. Yeah, who is that? Oh, yeah, Pete. I forgot he's still on the boat. It's I mean, Pete the racist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have really cut him out. Like at the beginning of the season, I was like, oh, God, if this is him cut, like how bad was he? But I feel like the cutting really didn't start until like these last few episodes. Well, I think they had to kind of finish a storyline that had started and then they have been brutal. I mean, talk about cancel culture. There is nothing nothing of him it's i mean unfair dues to the editing team like it doesn't seem to have dampened i mean i think they've been lucky as well i mean i think imagine if he'd been in kind of a boatman's or something like that i mean that would have made it difficult as it is i think nobody fucking likes him anyway so it's quite easy to just freeze him out a bit yeah, I mean, even at the dinners, like this is like the dinner part of this episode is where I noticed it. And I was like, oh, yeah, like he was sitting right there. <laughs> I think as well, though, as much as I agree with the decision they've made, um, I think it would be interesting to see if any changes had Pete had kind of made any changes or modified his behavior since kind of the chatting with Sandy about his approach to women and professionally on the boat, because it would be interesting. To, I, that's what I'm saying. It would be interesting to see if he'd kind of made any changes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like past knowledge of the yachting culture and what we've seen on different below decks, even when their behavior is called out, nothing really changes. But um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if Pete's Instagram is actually back up now. I um, saw that. I noticed the other day. So I wonder if there'll be any changes in like his social presence. 
I mean, if there isn't, there are some yeah. serious. Pro- I mean, if he continues to post racist shit, then the ki- <laughs> yeah. then the gu- the kid is like beyond saving. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Absolutely. You know, we'll see. And 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 I'm absolutely not defending anything at all. No, no, what no. he did. But there is a very steep learning curve on social media as your following grows, especially if it grows so rapidly. Because I think there's a natural, especially in this kind of instance where you're just thrown onto TV and anybody and everybody just right. follows you. Um, people are dicks. Like people mm-hmm. are dicks. And he clearly isn't in a position to make smart decisions when it comes to content. Um, so I've, I think it will only be a matter of time before he fucks up again because it becomes a real, you have to be so fucking nuanced to get it right. And yeah. I just don't think he's got the skills. So we'll see. No, I'm kind of surprised he didn't just set it to private and be done with it. It's a public page because I'm, I'm not, not surprised. Him. It's his fucking ego. Yeah. Ugh. But anyways, this episode, I loved the kind of coupling of Aisha and the Damons. I know, me too. I, I, I've always loved Aisha. I think she earns every cent of that tip. She really has such a beautiful way of connecting with other human beings. And yeah. they adore her. I suspect they adore her a little more than, than she'd like. I mean, is it just me or... Would you agree that given half a chance, they'd have her in for a threesome? Um, A hundred percent. Like I wrote down in my notes, I feel like Michelle is kind of sexually harassing Aisha (laughs) and then also pinning her down and forcing her alcohol. (laughs) I mean, there is, there was that moment where I was like, if this was a guy straddling Aisha and pouring alcohol down her throat, this would be a very, very serious thing. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, is it, it was okay. Michelle and not Johnny. <laughs> right, but it still probably felt a bit, well, not probably, it's, I don't know if I'm being a bit woke and stuck in the mud. It felt a bit uncomfortable that a woman in that position of power, because she's the yeah. boss, physically straddles another woman and pours alcohol down her throat when it is not legal for her to be drinking at all while she's working anyway it felt uncomfortable to me and as much as I get that it wasn't and I know they're close and they've made friends I mean they're not close they've seen each other twice in two in two years like right right I just couldn't help but thinking if that was Johnny this would be a whole other response oh man I mean the whole U.S. would be in an outrage if beloved Johnny Damon was on camera doing that to a woman I mean it'd be awful It'd be awful. Yeah. Um, and there, I guess there are questions as to whether it's okay when a woman does it to a woman. But yeah, Aisha I mean, was I fine. I don't think it is in general. Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Aisha felt fine or not. Um, she actually has a podcast. So I wonder if she ever talks about. Shh. Don't talk about yeah. other podcasts on our podcast. Yeah. She, but I don't think she does anymore. It'd be interesting to hear actually. her take on some of that stuff. Like how she actually felt. I mean, even if if she ever would put it out there, she probably wouldn't because Damon and Michelle are pretty frequent yacht guests. So yeah, who knows? Uh, but, um, but Aisha also, it's interesting because she struggles. We see her struggling a little bit with this crew in this boat and it is, it, she does feel like a breath of fresh air when she comes onto the boat, doesn't she? And I think um, it's because the others are kind of boring. I mean, they're sweet, but they're boring. Well, the entire boat is coupled up. Like, who else is there for her to hang out with other than Pete, who, ugh. 
But like everybody else is like coupled up. Like it is boring. Like there's but, no fun banter or like everybody just getting together and having a good time. Like everybody just squirrels off to their bunks and does each other, I guess. Yeah, no. And I think Aisha, it feels like such a breath of fresh air because there's nobody else on there who's like got the banter and that's what she's missing. But I love the conversation with her and her brother and her brother's like, look, just stay being open and yeah. give it some time and I'm sure things will ease up. And I think... Um, Aisha's just one of those people that I think will find her place anywhere but it's uh, I think her arrival has made me realize that actually these guys are quite dull they really are I mean but and we see what happens later when she does try to banter people get all pissed (laughs) off and sensitive (laughs) think she's moving in on their man oh man I mean I don't hate Jess I have I have time for Jess for sure yeah but that fucking shit I'm like babe it's never gonna serve you any favors let it go. Just let it, let all that anger, all that tension, all that shit go because it will destroy every single relationship you ever, ever have because everybody has baggage. Everybody has exes. Everybody talks to other women. Just fucking chill. Well, she's not alone in it. Like their stupid, ridiculous argument at the dinner table was Uh. boring and stupid. I mean, you're it right. Was, it wasn't even a fight that you want to watch, like like car no. crash fight. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't even that. It was just like, can you can you just not? It's tedious. Yeah, we're all fucking bored. <laughs> this is so not entertaining. Bored. I'm still waiting for Rob's face to move. Like genuinely, still waiting for his face to move. And as much as I, if you have to pin me down and say who was right and who was wrong, I think Jess was wrong and he was in the right. Yeah, that's literally as much praise as I can give Rob. Like. He, for a sensitive guy, I love all these sensey guys who are like, I'm really spiritual, yeah. I'm really into it. And yet still can't communicate with anybody. And and Jess is as bad, but it's just tedious. Yeah, like I'm all for you being in touch with your emotions, but you need to be able to articulate them. Yeah. And also, how are you feeling about that ticket to Bali that you've just booked? <laughs> Feels like a dick. <laughs> but he's feeling a bit like he can get a <laughs> refund on that bullshit. It's like, um, oh shit, I'm going to have to exchange my ticket again. <laughs> Maybe it's but Southwest. F- <laughs> but the fact that Jess kicked off about the conversation that he was having with Aisha was just insane to me. It's childish. It is childish to think that people can't have conversations without trying to get in people's pants. Aisha doesn't want to get in Rob's pants. She's just trying to have a good time. She's just trying to find something, Jesus. some moment it's like of the joy in night this- out in a beat in a biza or in a Ibiza ever. I know it's it is lame, but there is some good news from this night out yes. in Ibiza. Finally, it's the snog we've all been waiting for. Oh, Yay. Alex and Bugsy finally hook up, and I think this has been one of my happiest moments because. I genuinely think Alex has kind of been side sideswiped by Bugsy. I think he really really loves well but i think he really likes he's got the feels he's caught the feels and he's got them big time and i actually think bugsy does too i think bugsy is just really doesn't really want to let anybody in but i think alex is getting in yeah i agree and i think alex is perfect because he's being persistent but gentle and i think he hasn't pushed it and so polite and so not date rapey at all no date rape involved, which is always great. Um, yeah. He just tells her that he, and he just gets vulnerable. He's like, look, I really like you. You're the last thing I think about when I go to sleep. The first thing I think about when I wake up, he's like, this is how I feel. I mean, if she didn't kiss him at that point, right. she's a fucking fool. 
<laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I love Alex. I think we love Alex. I think everybody loves Alex. He has been the best dude on a boat we've seen in so long. So long. I agree. I think he's dreamy. Um, yeah. And I think Bugsy's great. Like as much as she is bonkers, like she's fucking bonkers, but in a really beautiful way. And I think they make a great couple. But I think just seeing her do her job as Chief Stew, seeing how even Jess, who's like, I mean, the woman is hard to please, but even Jess is responding to Bugsy and saying, like, I've got to admit it, Bugsy's systems and processes mean that this fucking shit works better. Um, I also love that Sandy takes the time to do some fucking managing on a decent level this week. Finally, not micromanaging, but actually issuing a compliment and like following up on the shit you've been nagging about for ages. Like finally they've had enough crew so that Jess could actually get the laundry done. And I'm so glad Sandy stopped and said something to her. Like that's what she needed to do because I feel like because Bugsy's kicking ass and giving compliments, everybody's working really well together. The tables look lovely. You know, Michelle and uh, Johnny, Johnny said this was, like, way better than their last cruise. So, like, all the missions were accomplished. And, like, Sandy needs to, like, give them credit for that. And I think that's what she was doing with Jess. I agree. And I think, um, and even Jess isn't immune to the compliment. Do you know what I mean? No matter how moody no. and dark and deep she wants to be, even she's like, oh, my God, I just got complimented. You know, and that's great. That's what you want your staff yeah. to feel like, right? A hundred percent. That kind of staff, they work their fucking asses off for you. So... I hope this continues because as much as they're boring, it's nice to see a boat that just works. Totally. Because this boat has not worked all season. Something's been fucked. I Um, mean, let's say that, but let's just talk about Rob trying to throw that fucking rope. (laughs) Dude, I don't think Rob is somebody that can compartmentalize. Like he can't put his personal shit aside and just do his job. And And then I'm laughing. I'm laughing because that, the, probably the most awkward moment on TV ever was when Malia's venting to Bugs. But when Malia's venting to Bugs about it, Malia's, and he's right there. And it's just, <laughs> oh, and he's like, and you can see he does this puppy dog thing where he's like, his little eyes are welling up. He's like, well, that's just rude. And it's just the most <laughs> awful moment on TV. I couldn't. I couldn't bear it. Like I was like, oh God, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. You could oh. just tell Marley, Malia was like, just crawling up her own. She's like, I'll go up my own ass if that means I can hide. I just don't right. want to. I, ju- I mean, that being said, she pulls him aside afterwards and is like, yeah, she doesn't mention it, but essentially the, the implication is, look, the fact is it just shouldn't take three throws. No, you're just throwing like a, weighted string it's not even a heavy rope it was like a skinny little fucker yeah yeah it was just too distracted like i'm so bored i'm so bored of the rob and jess relationship i'm bored because i feel like it's just fucking things up for no reason and it's not even like an entertaining reason well i feel like he's actually getting bored of it as well when jess is like can we talk you know when people always insist on like talking about shit all the time and it's no. the same shit. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm still jealous and I'm still pissed off. I Like, we can't have this conversation anymore. And I like that he's oh. like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't yeah. want to have the conversation. No, um, do you think we're seeing the end of, of the boatmance? I think we are. 
I'm going to call it, I think we are seeing, I think there's going to be more fireworks, but I think this is the beginning of the end. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, listen, um, how many, do you know how many episodes we've got left on um, Below Deck Med? You know what? I don't. We're on episode 15. So I'm guessing like three or four more. Like I think they have like two more charters. So probably four more shows. And is it, are we going to be talking about Kardashians next week? Or the week next after. Next week. Yeah. So they come out the... Se- oh, it may not be next week. I think it's the 17th that they come out. Oh, so it'll be so the week maybe it'll be after. the week after. Yeah. But um, we are going no, to No, be- that's Thursday. It will be next week. Oh, excellent. I can't yeah. do math. So Thursday. Yeah. So it'll be uh, next week. We'll speak about the Kardashians, the Real Housewives of Potomac, and Below Deck. And we are also getting ready to do two minisodes, one on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion and one on the Real Housewives of New York reunion, which started last night and kicked off immediately. I'm excited. I haven't watched any of the reunion stuff yet, so I'm excited. But also, let's just tell people about the fact that on Patreon, we're about to publish an interview that we did with MJ. Oh yeah. yeah! See, people think we're amateur. We've only got the biggest fucking stars on our on our Absolutely. podcast. Absolutely, she's uh, amazing. Um, unfortunately, though, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you won't be able to read it. So no. So hop sucks. on over there. Sucks to be give you. Give us your coffee. Give us your coffee money for the month, and uh, you'll be able to read it. True story. Um, listen, we hope that you have a great week. It's been a short one, but we feel like I feel like we filled it out with some good chat. We've had good chat. Good mother COVID chat. I wonder how people feel about listening to podcast hosts. They're like, oh, like, congratulate, skip but over this. Listen to podcast <laughs> hosts, like, congratulate themselves, going, didn't we do a great job this week? Well done. <laughs> well done, you. Uh, listen, <laughs> have a great week. Uh, I'm going to go drink some wine and lament the fact that my kid's not going to school for two weeks, but we will see you on the flip side, won't we? We will. And remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. (laughs) 